What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to another edition of the OG Livewire Waiver Wire Show. Uh, this is uh, week 14, so we are officially in the final week of waivers. If you play high stakes football, uh, you know, NFFC, FFPC, FFWC, this is the last week you're making waivers. Uh, we'll still have some dynasty waivers, but it's been a, it's been a great run. I appreciate uh, all the support this season, and uh, let's go. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do with the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. So this is uh, week 14. It, it's here. If you're in a home league, this is this is it. This is your last week, you know, in order to make the playoffs or to lock up, you know, hopefully a first or second seed. I, I know that I have two home leagues where I'm should be in the mix for for a bye week. I was in better shape about two weeks ago, and then uh, you know some some crazy stuff happened. So I have a couple of those, and then I have a couple of high stakes teams where I'm looking to square things up for the postseason. There's a team that I split with Dan Williamson in the FFPC main event. Uh, we are in the championship this week. Um, we actually go up against uh, Bit Mandel, who I split teams with as well, one of the better players in the FFPC. Uh, and uh, he uh, he's actually been on the GOAT district before twice, I believe, uh, maybe three times for Bip because we did do, uh, we drafted our team live. Um, the team that I split with BIP, we uh, we got knocked out by just a few points. We we needed a few more Ryan suck-up points than we got last night, so that's unfortunate. Um, then I have a couple other teams that uh, that I'm trying to square up this week, but the waiver wire is just kind of barren in, in the FFPC. You know, you have um, the guys who were cut are now unavailable to be picked up, so it's kind of hard to bully people even if you've got a little more fab because there's really not a whole lot of options to bully with. Uh, we'll get to some of the QB options. I think you should, um, you know, take a look. A lot of these teams are going to be trying to, you know, maybe replace a, Mar a Lamar Jackson. If one of those teams, I don't see how they would have survived a championship week. But if they did, uh, if you have a little extra fab, you might want to try to block that team. Just make them a little less uh, dangerous in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, the first thing we've got to talk about is the bye weeks. Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indianapolis, New Orleans, and Washington are all on buys this week. The The timing could not be worse. Again, it's week 14, and you have six teams on buys. It's it's just a terrible that the NFL does this. Um, I think it's it's a little weird that some teams get get this late a bye week and some teams don't. Uh, it's just, you know, kind of the, the way the cookie crumbles, but it seems kind of like an inefficient model. Uh, and then 
I write a, an article for Player Profiler every single week, the waiver wire, and this is the first week where I've had to like do like an injury rundown. I did a list of injuries. Lamar Jackson, it sounds like he's going to miss a few weeks. We had Pat Corain on the show last night, and it sounds like uh, Baltimore's kind of you know BSing a little bit um, in terms of the severity of the injury. I think it's going to be a few weeks. Uh, Pat Corain agreed with this. Kind of like when you read the tea leaves, it, it seems like this could be like three weeks. I think that's a pretty reasonable bet. Jimmy Garoppolo is done for the season. Trevor Lawrence is banged up. Uh, the injury is kind of – he's kind of unknown. I imagine he's going to play through it, but that's just one to, to monitor. Um, Tua, Tua Tag Tagovailoa could miss. He's a little banged up. Uh, he, again, you know, played last week, but he's banged up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with him. I think he'll go, but kind of like Trevor Lawrence is a guy that, you know, if you're – if you're a, a to a manager, I would make sure I kind of like my backup and at least have uh, have a pivot. Uh, I have a, a Tua or or two team in Dynasty where I'm looking to you know absolutely roster somebody behind him. And if the waiver wire is kind of barren, you know if you have a Lamar Jackson team, obviously we're gonna we're gonna talk about Huntley, but I think sometimes you can look for your own backup quarterback. Would your team be dead in the water if, if it was, you know, Skylar Thompson instead of Tua for three weeks? Yes, most likely. But if you had to get by one week, you could do it. So that's kind of a one way to look at, uh, you know, rostering your, your QB, especially for leagues where you're going to have no access to the waiver wire. Uh, getting back to the injuries, Ken Walker, he's probably out this week. Uh, again, this is an injury where it's Pete Carroll. He's going to say everything's great. Um, but I, I imagine Ken Walker is not going to play this week. Cortland Sutton has a hamstring injury count. I mean, he's going to be out. Uh, Traylon Burks is in the concussion protocol. Uh, most likely, just with the way the concussion protocol is, he's probably out. But you, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, clearness to that. So if you have a Traylon team, you might miss out on the potential smash week against Jacksonville. It's really unfortunate timing. He looked fantastic last week. Caught a touchdown pass right down the middle. I mean, he looked like Des Bryant uh, going up and getting it, and then he was hit by the defender, knocked out of the game. Uh, he he was walking on the sideline. He wasn't, like, knocked out cold, but still it was obviously a concussion, um, and it could have been his smash game because it happened in the first quarter. Uh, one catch, one touchdown, and that's it for, for Traylon. You, you weren't necessarily dead starting him. He probably had nine and a half points, but uh, it could have ended up being, like, a 30-point game for him. So that was unfortunate. Jacoby Myers, concussion protocol. He's also been banged up. Jalen Waddell is playing through an injury right now. Doesn't look right. The usage is down. Uh, he's banged up. So I think right now, if you if you have Waddle, just kind of like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit uh, in terms of what you're expecting from him. Uh, and I think that that's kind of the way to approach it. I think he's going to play through it, but it's one to monitor. And then Hayden Hurst, who's a guy that I know a lot of FFPC managers uh, are relying on. I actually have an NFFC team that I'm relying on Hayden Hurst with. Um, since Dallas Goddard had gone out, uh, was rolling with Hurst, and now Hurst is out with a calf injury. So it's a mess. You have the combination of the bye weeks with the injured players and the fact that it's either a massive week for you in a home league or it's your last week of waivers in a high-stakes format. So it's it's really difficult. 
we we want to try to to kind of you have to try to step back and see what your priorities are this week. If you need a player that you're going to play, that needs to be your priority. Like winning this week in FFPC means you're going to win money in a football guys uh, format or in a main event format. If you're already on to, let's say you were in the in the top four and you're already on to the, you know the the knockout stage uh, to 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 steal from the uh, the World Cup uh, terminology, then you can kind of look a little ahead in the future. The guys, you know, this week's points don't really matter to you as much. I think that your goal, if you're if you're qualified to go to the main event or football guys postseason in the FFPC, your your job is to kind of make sure your your roster is is squared up. Um, if you're in the NFFC and the FFWC, it's your final week of waivers. So your priority needs to go like this. If I need to win this week in order to, you know, make, make it into the money and make it into the postseason, then you need to make sure your lineup is as strong as it can be at all costs. Even if it means you're sacrificing for the postseason, you can't get in without, without, you know, you can't win the, win the raffle without a ticket, so to speak. So your priority needs to go with the week. You cannot look ahead if you're right on the edge. You need to make sure you score enough points this week. If you need a win uh, in order to get that one seed, I mean, that's the way you need to prioritize it. We want to have balance with the one-off positions. In the NFFC, you have team kicker. You also have team kicker in the FFWC. You do not have team kicker in the FFPC. So if I in the FFPC teams, I want to try to carry two kickers into the postseason with me. It's more likely than not you don't need to, but I, I want to play it safe and have a second kicker if I can. Uh, Abib Agbatoba, famously, uh, you know, one of, one of my friends and, and one of the better high stakes players around. Uh, he famously won the the FFPC Football Guys Players Championship the first time he did it uh, without a kicker in the lineup. I think his kicker got hurt and he didn't have one available to him, but. Abib runs very, very pure. A uh, few of us run as pure as Abib, so we're not going to do that. We want to have a backup kicker for FFPC. FFWC and NFFC, we don't have any kind of COVID craziness to worry about at this point, like last season where a game could potentially be moved. So uh, having a single kicker is fine with team kicker. Defenses, I want to roster two defenses. I think that you can get by with a single defense, but I want to be able to play the matchups. You never know how injuries are going to go. Uh, you know, an impactful injury or two on a defense can really uh, limit it. So uh, even if it's an elite defense, uh, so I really want to try to have two defenses if possible, if I'm carrying them in. And then I want to make sure that I have some sort of roster balance. I want to have at least two tight ends I can play. Um, if that means that I'm rostering my backup tight end, then that's fine. Um, especially for FFPC players, because the, the waiver wire is so barren. For NFFC, you can most likely find a tight end. We're going to go over some tight end options, uh, FFWC as well. So basically, you just need to take a step back and really grind this week. Again, it's the last week of waivers. Take some extra time with it. Um, you're, you're, you're still paying attention to podcasts. You're, you're still reading articles. You're playing for money right now, and you're playing for championships. Take extra time to grind. Um, but the waiver wire itself is pretty barren this week. Um, and again, for home league players, if I have a buy – then I'm looking ahead in the future. I, I'm I'm looking to try to you know pick up that extra defense uh, to help me in my my playoff matchups, uh, and I can still afford to in home leagues hold on to you know a couple of lottery ticket running backs, uh, especially backup handcuff running backs if available. 
um, because I'm, I kind of have an eye on the future and I know that I'm most not, I'm most likely not having to post a week 15 lineup. Um, if you're one of these managers with a buy, if you're a manager that needs a win this week, all bets are off, just go for it. Um, so anyway, getting to the waiver wire, the first thing you really need to do is if you're a Lamar Jackson manager or a Jimmy Garoppolo manager, it is officially panic time and you've got to adjust. Uh, Mike White now has passed for 315 yards and 369 yards in back-to-back games. They beat the Bears easily, and then they had a 27-22 loss to Minnesota. Uh, He threw a pick in the red zone, but they were very efficient moving the football. Uh, He has a budding superstar in Garrett Wilson. Um, I'm looking to add Mike White wherever he's available. I think that he's a guy that I don't want uh, quarterback streaming teams to have access to. He's a guy that if if a Lamar Jackson manager or a Jimmy Garoppolo manager needs somebody and maybe I have a little more fab than them, I'm going to try to bully them out of him. If he's available, I want Mike White. Just because I, I think that the the passing game is so efficient right now and the running game is is improving, uh, especially with Zonovan Knight, you know, coming through, that I, I think I, I think more highly of Mike White than the market, let's say at this point. Uh, the other QB option is Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley, we had Pat Corain on last night. I mean, he views Tyler Huntley as a plug-and-play guy. I do as well. There's a couple of analysts that have pointed out that his stats from last year are a little bit misleading because he had a 40-point game. So he wasn't really as consistent in terms of his production, but he certainly was productive. So I think that you have to view Huntley as – I would have him as a low-end QB1 in any game that Lamar Jackson is out. But I think even if you're bearish on him – then he's a top 15 play. But I think he's got ability to, to finish inside the top five based on his running ability anytime he has uh, the opportunity to start. So the way I would prioritize White and Huntley, if I needed a QB just for this week and I've been streaming QBs, then I'm, I'm going with Huntley. If I need a QB for the rest of the season, I'm going with White. The other option for you is Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill has the matchups. Uh, he goes up against Jacksonville. He goes up against Houston. And he goes up against the the Chargers, his next three games. Uh, they have the tricky game in what would be the um, the fantasy football championship week against Dallas. Um, that's obviously a game you'd kind of want to get away from him. Um, and not having Traylon Burks this week potentially would make him a lot less appealing. But he had a step back against Philadelphia. But in the two prior games, he passed for 624 yards. So Tannehill is like your matchup guy. And he would be the guy that I would kind of fall back on if I did not get Garoppolo and I didn't get Huntley. Uh, so again, you know your roster. If you were rocking with Lamar um, and really nothing behind him, then you really need to, to spend extra to try to get Huntley. Spend all your fab you have left to ensure that you have a quarterback. Um, there's a I, there's a few Lamar teams that I have seen already added Huntley because Lamar's been a little banged up. That was obviously the practical move to make. Um, but again, with roster constraints, sometimes those those moves don't always go. So The fourth QB option would be uh, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett had kind of a disappointing output against Atlanta, but he won the game. Um, He didn't throw any interceptions, and he had seven rushing attempts. So, like, Pickett would be, like, my fourth pick this week. Um, San Francisco QBs, Brock Purdy, and then they picked up Johnson. I I can't – I I just – I'm – I'm a lot less excited about Brock Purdy when NFL defenses have an opportunity to prepare for him than when he just comes into the game 
Uh, and and it's I, I understand that it's a difficult thing for for young QB to come into the game and and be efficient. And he certainly has done that twice this year. He did it early in the year. Um, he he got in a game early in the year, and then he, and then obviously he finished the game this week. But I'm less excited about him than some people are. So I've seen Brock Purdy. Uh, you know, obviously he has the weapons. Uh, you know, they have two fantastic wide receivers, a great tight end, and, and Christian McCaffrey. The weapons are there. The system is there. I just, I can't get behind it. I wouldn't want to have, the, I wouldn't want to risk the unknown as much in the in the fantasy playoffs. And I've seen enough from Mike White. I've seen enough from Huntley. I've seen enough from Tannehill to kind of know what I have. I guess if your hands are tied, you could you could fall back on Purdy. Um, but I, I'm I'm not that bullish on him. Running back wise, there are uh, there's a. Uh, this is not really, you know, pertaining to any of our high stakes players that are listening in, but James Cook um, is on fire. It's almost James Cook season. It's it's not necessarily James Cook season, but it's like James Cook's flex season. Uh, he had a really big game last week at 64 yards rushing, but he also added six receptions for 41 yards. That's why we love James Cook. The receiving ability is there, um, so he's going to be rostered in all of the in all of the high stakes formats I've been talking about. But he did have a Poor game on, you know, in terms of usage on Thanksgiving Day. I think that's because it was the short week. Uh, a couple days before, he had a huge day at over 80 yards rushing. Um, so he's had two really good games in his last three. And the one he didn't have a, a, a lot of usage in was the Thanksgiving Day game, uh, which was, again, short rest. Uh, the team had played back-to-back -back games in Detroit. So I'm just going to say that they didn't lean on the rookie then. Uh, if he's available to you in a home league, spend it all. Go get James Cook. I think he's a flex, maybe more for the rest of the season. He's a really good player. He's got a ton of talent. And I think that if I could roster one Buffalo running back for the rest of the season, I'm definitely going James Cook over Singletary right now. Cook has the juice. Singletary's an efficient, solid player. But I think that James Cook's the one that would could put up a 25-pointer um, you know, down the stretch. He was the second leading receiver for Buffalo this week, right behind Diggs. Uh, he saw he's been seeing, you know, increased usage. And Pat brought up that Naheem Hines played a little more snaps against uh against against New England than you know we would really like to see for James Cook, but I'm still gonna stay bullish on James Cook. I think he's the guy. Um, I really, really like his talent. I'm excited to have him in Dynasty as well. Uh, that's a guy that we'll talk about in the, in the GOAT district in the offseason because he was kind of polarizing in dynasty circles. Uh, Jordan Mason, I was completely wrong. It's not Tyrion Davis-Price. Tyrion Davis-Price was the guy that I wrote about in my article. I wrote about Mason as well, but I preferred Tyrion Davis-Price, and I was incorrect on that one. Jordan Mason had eight, eight rushes for 51 yards. He's clearly the handcuff to Christian McCaffrey right now. Uh, I think that there's also a chance with the, the QB situation in San Francisco that they become even more run heavy and more reliant on Christian McCaffrey. So Jordan Mason now is kind of one injury away from being an RB two. And I think that if you're in dire, dire straits and you need a running back who could, who could hit 10 points this week, I think Mason's that kind of guy. I wouldn't feel comfortable about starting him, but you know, your roster better than I, than I. And I do think that this week because of all the injuries and because of all the bye weeks, it's not going to take a massive scoring line necessarily to win your to win your matchup. So uh, keep that one in mind. The Seattle running back situation is wild. Uh, <laughs> DJ Dallas kind of seems like the low hanging fruit here, but he's banged up. 
Dallas uh, was got 10, 10 rushes or so this past weekend. Didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, Travis Homer was inactive. Travis Homer's been banged up. And then Tony Jones is the technically the fourth string running back, but he was rocking as the third string running back with Homer out. So I would kind of, I really want to pay attention to the, to the practice reports. I want to see what happens at Seattle practice today and see what's going on. This week, again, you have to know your priorities for your team. If I have Ken Walker, I want to make sure that I walk away with one of these guys. Some Ken Walker teams already had one of these guys. So if I have if I have DJ Dallas and Ken Walker, then I'm still trying to maybe add Travis Homer. I would hate to carry three running backs. However, you really want that Seattle running back. And I think we're going to know a lot more by this weekend. Uh, I somewhat prefer Homer because of the newness of the DJ Dallas injury versus uh, Homer getting over an injury. So for me, the way I would prioritize the fab would be Homer, Dallas, then Jones. However, if DJ Dallas is practicing in full today, I would move that to DJ Dallas, then Homer, then Jones. Jones is the guy I don't really want to spend a whole lot on unless it's a, you know, unless it's a complete dice roll situation and I don't have access to the other two. I'm bullish on Homer. I think he has receiving ability. And I think that he could be an impactful player. Um, so again, I really want to walk away with Dallas or Homer and Jones would be the fallback option, but all of this can change based on the practice report. So you're really going to have to, if you're in a home league, this is something you, you really have to decide by tonight. But if you're in an FFWC, NFFC, FFPC situation, take it down to the needle and really try to do as much research over the next you know, day and a half on who's practicing. What what does it sound like out of Seattle for the pecking order this weekend? Again, if I had to do it right now, it would be Homer, then Dallas, and then teardrop Jones. And I think there's scenarios where if you have enough fab and you can bully people and Homer and Dallas are both available, adding both of them is not the worst option. You can always cut one of them on the second waiver wire run if we get some injury news. So on Saturday... Um, or Sunday morning, depending on your format, you can drop one of them after you add them. So I think that that's the way I would do it. I want to walk away with Homer and Dallas in as many leagues as possible where they are available. Another running back who might be available on some waiver wires is, is Chubba Hubbard. Hubbard had 65 yards rushing in Carolina's Week 12 win over Denver. He was in a pretty even split with Deonta Foreman. So the way that I look at this situation is, Deonta Foreman would be the one that I would bet on being the, the back in Carolina that if you had to use a Carolina Panthers running back every week, it would be it would be Foreman. However, they had the bye week and Hubbard ran for 65 yards. There is a chance that they come out of the bye week looking to, to get a little bit more out of Hubbard. So I, I, I am not sleeping on him right now. Um, I'm looking to add him where available just on the chance. And I think he's a good enough player that he can be on a 20-man roster and it's not he's not a roster clogger. I think he's a break glass in case of emergency guy. And if Foreman went down, Hubbard would be, you know, borderline RB2. Uh, Ty Johnson is another guy to keep, it, keep in mind. He's now scored double-digit PPR points in back-to-back -back games. And he has a weekly floor due, his, due to his pass-catching ability um, in any game Michael Carter is out. Carter's up in the air for this week. I'm not sure if he's going to go. So Ty Johnson's one to look for. Uh, I added him on the... 
second waiver wire run in a bunch of high stakes formats last week. So I'm, I'm happy I did that. Uh, and then any available handcuff right now, guys, Jalen Warren, Dontrell Hilliard, Matt Breida, Jamichael Hasty, Kenneth Gainwell, Zamir White, any available handcuff, grab them. You've seen what happened with Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, you never know when you're going to get an impactful week from one of these guys, especially the ones with pass catching ability. Jordan Mason, we already talked about. Go through your waiver wires. Your Each league is different, but there could be somebody on the wire who could help you out. Uh, tight ends. Noah Fant. <clears throat> He's had 12 catches his last four games. Uh, he could see a bump in usage if Seattle goes a little more pass happy with uh, Ken Walker out. I think that he's very much kind of like a, a mid-level tight end two now moving forward. He had uh, one of his best games of the season on Sunday, four catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Daniel Bellinger was able to come back. Uh, he had a really nasty eye injury, missed a number of weeks with that. Uh, he caught all five of his targets for 24 yards. Uh, he was kind of a popular waiver wire addition earlier in the year, and he he could kind of pick up where he left off. I think he's a, a tight end two. Um, with a little bit of upside, you know, we've seen him score a touchdowns a few times this season. And again, he was kind of a hot waiver wire pickup, um, earlier in the season. And then obviously the injury derailed him. So check your waiver wires. And then the player for anybody who plays FFPC dynasty leagues, uh, Chig Okwanko is so, um, <clears throat> is so explosive and so intriguing. Austin Hooper is there now. So he kind of limits his. Uh, redraftability, but I, I would say a, a, a Quanco is a, you know, he's in the tight end two range right now, especially with Traylon Burks potentially missing. He's explosive. He runs a four, five 40. He, he was drafted a little bit later because he had injury concerns. Um, but he certainly looks the part for Tennessee. So if you're a dynasty manager and you see Chig, this is a guy you really want to be aggressive Um FFPC Dynasty is a little different because you you are able to make uh, you waiver wire bids over the next few weeks. It doesn't lock up. But Aquanco is a guy that I want to go hard for to try to get. And in redraft, I would prefer him over Bellinger and Fant for this week. It might go Bellinger for the rest of the season, but just on, based on the fact that Burks is not playing, based on the fact that Tennessee is playing a very soft Jacksonville defense, and the Titans wide receivers all kind of seem like dust. I think you'll see a lot of Aquanco and a good amount of Austin Hooper if Traylon Brooks is unable to go. So Aquanco is a guy that I think we'll talk about a lot in the offseason for the GOAT district. And I think he's going to end up becoming kind of a popular, um, you know, dark horse tight end two to draft this year as a guy that people think is going to take a step forward like a breakthrough type player. Wide receivers, it's Odell Beckham watch. Dallas Cowboys, mixed reports. Jerry Jones says he wants to see him work out. Uh, I kind of hope he signs with the Giants. I think that he, it would be much – he would have a better path to, to fantasy viability for the New York Giants than he would for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think he'd ever really get in our lineups unless there was a Michael Gallup injury or a Dalton Schultz injury or something like that. We'd be You'd be in dire straits to be starting Odell Beckham if he was a Dallas Cowboy. It would be very exciting. It would be kind of cool to see him as Dallas Cowboy when they make their their you know potential Super Bowl run this year. Um, and it probably helps Dak Prescott a little bit, but it doesn't help our fantasy team. So I'm kind of rooting for him not to be a giant. I do think he'll sign with somebody. DJ Shark, if he's out there, prioritize him this week. He's probably the best wide receiver addition you can have. He caught five passes for 98 yards. Uh, Jamison Williams is going to continue to see his role, his role grow a little bit, but it's not going to grow to the point that Shark is going to be unusable. I think Shark is 
a upside wide receiver four for the rest of the season. Detroit has an efficient offense. They have another great passing matchup against the Minnesota Vikings secondary that's been shredded recently. So DJ Shark, if he's available, go out and get him. Uh, Demarcus Robinson has the weirdest last five games ever. He has three of his last five games where he's had eight or more targets and at least six catches. And the problem is that the other two games, he had 29 yards combined. So he's like a break glass in case of emergency guy. Uh, you're literally rolling the dice on, on him being usable. Um, but again, three out of five isn't the worst the worst uh, bet. And Baltimore needs pass catchers. So he should not be on a waiver wire. Corey Davis is a boring player, but he did catch five passes for 85 yards. He now has five games of 52 or more receiving yards. Uh, the Jets have a great fantasy playoff schedule. Uh, I'm assuming Elijah Moore is rostered. Um, he's also worth a pickup. Um, but I think that Corey Davis should not be on, on any waiver wires just based on, you know, hey, if you need him, I think he's a 10-point guy uh, for the next few weeks. And they do have an opportunity to uh, put up some points in the fantasy playoffs based on the schedule. Uh, Trent Sherfield, this is a player that if I have Jalen Waddell and if I love my roster and I have Tyreek Hill, I might consider rostering Sherfield just because I think he's the next man in if Waddle is to miss some time. Uh, he had a 75-yard touchdown catch. He's got a lot of familiarity with Mike McDaniel. Um, so Sherfield is a guy that it's almost like a handcuff for Jalen Waddle. If I'm carrying Jalen Waddle, I'm relying on Jalen Waddle, and he could potentially miss a week. I could plug in Sherfield, and I would treat him as a wide receiver four. I wouldn't be excited about using him, but he does have wheels, and he can get loose like we saw on Sunday. Jamison Williams, kind of disappointing usage. They said they weren't going to use him, and oh boy, they really, really didn't use him. He had two routes run. That's about as bad as it can get. Uh, if I'm a contender and I don't need anything this week and Jamison Williams is there, I want to stash him. Because I think that if he's being used in like week 17 or week 16, uh, there's a chance he could he could have a 20-point game. Um, I think he's a real talent, and he's a guy that I would kind of prioritize, again, if my team is in great shape. If my team needed a win this week, I would prefer you know a, a, a several players over him. Another rookie who might be available in some leagues is Jahan Dotson. Dotson is back in a big way. He has five touchdown catches now this season. He had caught... Five passes for 54 yards and a touchdown in the tied game against the Giants. If Dotson's available, I'm going to go out and get him. Uh, he's right up there with DJ Shark this week in terms of wide receivers that might be available in your league uh, that can be impactful. I think that Dotson is somewhat limited by the fact that Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel are are there. And, you know, Sam uh, McLaurin had a season-high targets, and Dotson still put up nine and caught the five balls. Uh, and Samuel, I believe, had six catches. And again, we still saw Dotson have a, a game. So Washington is, you know, really consolidated their their target tree. Uh, so you can kind of, I think where it's a scenario where all three are in the top, you know, wide receiver four or higher range. And Dotson obviously has the touchdown, uh, the touchdown potential that we've seen. He's just been very efficient finding the end zone. And that's kind of not what his profile was supposed to be coming into the league, but it's just he's explosive. He finds the end zone. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's something where at the end of the year, you'll look up and Jahan Dotson's going to have seven, eight catches, uh, seven, eight touchdown catches and, um, gain a lot of steam in the off season. So Jahan Dotson, DJ shark, if I need a wide receiver and they're on my wire, I am absolutely going for those guys hard. Uh, Julio Jones, I'll throw out there. Um, because if Godwin or Evans were to miss time, Julio's getting healthier. 
Um, you know, he's kind of basically unusable with those two guys, but a healthy Julio having a big game in the fantasy playoffs, you can't rule that out. Uh, tonight we have uh, – Bra- well, first, let's get to the comments. Shout-out to Joe Carlton. Um, Shout-out to Brent Showalter. Uh, Shout-out to Johannes Sanchez. Um, hope you're doing well, Johannes, and hope your teams are doing well. Shout-out to Marcus Lynch. Um, shout out to 1912. Yeah, I appreciate all you guys. And shout out to ML, as always, a great listener as well. Um, really appreciate your guys' support. This was really good. We'll continue doing the OG live wire. I'll do something next week. Um, I know that it's not going to be as impactful for the high stakes people, but maybe we'll do some matchups and stuff like that. Um, and we still uh, will have uh, home league waivers. So I'm still going to be putting it out there. But uh, this was fun. Um, shout out to JD for all the help putting it together. And um, tune in later tonight. We have uh, Bradley Stadler of Best Bell and also Fantasy Data. Uh, you'll know Bradley. Bradley's Bradley uh, was the co-host with Billy Muzio last year, and he's putting out some tremendous solo content this year. I had a chance to go on his podcast a few weeks back, and it was just great. Uh, Bradley's coming into the Goat District tonight, 9 o'clock. Um, it's going to be a full house Goat District show. It's going to be a really, really good time. Uh, and then Thursday we have... Uh, the guys from Go Bills, which if you're an FFPC player, they were the ones that won the main event uh, this year. A uh, really, really good group of guys, uh, Dom, Sean, and Nick. They're going to come on the Go District. Um, it's their first time on. It's going to be awesome. And then Friday, we have Adam Levitan at 3 p.m., on, uh, which is going to be great. Uh, if you're, uh, I'm sure you're following Adam Levitan. Uh, he's a, a, an awesome, awesome guy, really, really sharp, putting out tremendous content for Establish the Run. Um, that's going to be fun getting a chance to sit down with him. We had him on this summer. They were bo- more bullish on Daniel Jones. They were absolutely correct on that one. Dan Williamson and I, uh, talked about Cole Komet with him. We were more, more bullish, uh, than, uh, than, than Adam on that one. So I think Dan and I are, are able to kind of victory lap that one. It took a long time, but now Cole Komet is, you know, back in the top 12. So, um, it'll be interesting to kind of revisit this summer and talk about the playoffs moving forward. Uh, appreciate you guys and have a great rest of the day. We'll see you at nine o'clock.